The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I read the story and my eyes were popping out of their sockets. Baal Shemto is traveling with one of his students. He says, we need to make a stop. They go to some, you know, broken down area where there's nothing there. Probably the cheapest real estate in the town. And there's one little shack on the outskirts of town. Baal Shemto says, this is where we're going to go. The student already knows that everything weird the Baal Shem Tov does has a reason. So he doesn't bother asking because he knows just like everything else. Wait and see. Huh? Wax on, wax on. So he doesn't stop asking. Doing, nice to see you. He says to the woman, he says, uh, is there any way I'm very hungry, we haven't eaten yet today. Is there any way we can have some food? The woman says, she says, I'll tell you the truth. All I have in the food, all the only food I have in the house is just this little bit of food left. I'm saving it for my husband. He's coming back. He's, uh, what's it called? He's a wood chopper. He works hard all day. This is the only food I have to feed my husband. The rabbi says, I understand. He says, but I'm very hungry. Is there any way you can give it to me? She says, I'm saving it for my husband. He says, no, I understand that. He says, but I'm very hungry now. <laughs> so I understand that your husband and the food, I, I've heard that already. You know, You mentioned that earlier. But I'm very hungry. The student is sitting there looking at his rabbi like I was when I was reading the story. Like this. Right? He keeps asking until eventually she gives him the food. What's she going to say? She, I'll tell the, my husband, the rabbi, demand, he didn't let me, he demanded it, which I... <laughs> you know? Anyway, the rabbi finishes eating. The student's like, oh, still red. He's like, can we go now? The rabbi says, no. He says, I'm very tired. Is there any way... I could lie down. She says, I'll tell you the truth. She says, you see, there's no furniture here. The only thing we have is, we have the, the, the hay. So I have prepared some hay for when my husband comes back, I can put it on the floor. He'll be exhausted. The floor is not so clean. It's wet. You know, I put the hay down and he could sleep on the hay. But I only have this amount of hay for my husband when he comes home. The rabbi says, that's, that's, um, that's very sad. He says, I'm very tired. <laughs> Would you, mind, is, would you mind terribly if I lie down on the hay? The woman's like, it's for my husband. My husband needs the hay in order to sleep when he gets home. Right? Are you, you know, it's not, I need it for him. And the Baal Shem Tov says, I got you. The hay, please. <laughs> you know? And the woman, he keeps arguing with her until finally she gives him the hay. The student's about to lose his mind. The rabbi goes to sleep. Comfortable, okay, sleeping the sleep of the blessed, Yani. An hour goes by, two hours go by, three hours go by. The guy comes home, starving. He's exhausted, been chopping wood since 3 a.m. He says, uh, Good afternoon, honey. He says, I'm really, I'm really hungry. Could you prepare the food? She says, We don't have any food. Ma'ando. She says, He says, What do you mean? She says, well, this rabbi came. I kept telling him that I was saving it for you. But he kept asking. He kept, until eventually, I, what I, the guy says, well, you gave it to a rabbi. The rabbi was, he, I guess he must have been very hungry if he took the food knowing that it was the only food that you had for me. All right, he says, I guess I'll just go to sleep and I'll wake up in the morning. <laughs> she goes, well, about that. <laughs> she pulls the curtain aside from the corner of the, the hut, the rabbi's sleeping there blissfully. Uh, she says, I don't have the hay. Anyway, had that. Done. Done. Dunsky, like they say. He goes outside. He raises his hands to the heavens. He says, Master of the world. 
He says, I have nothing. The only thing I have is a little bit of food and a little bit of hay. So I get a little bit of sleep and a little bit of nourishment so I can go back for another day and work out in the fields and break my body. He says, is it not enough yet? Have you not taken enough from me yet? I can't anymore. I can't live like this. Anyway, the guy is sitting there screaming, crying outside from the prayers. What happens? Rabbi wakes up. <laughs> In my brain, I was like, if I turn the page and the rabbi told him to... And the rabbi tells a student, we have to make a stop. The student thinking, I'm a sheep I'm not. He says, he says, where we go? He goes, remember where we went last time? We go. The guy leads the carriages to the same place. They pull up, but now it's not a hut. It's a massive mansion. And there's farms, and there's this, and there's that. And the rabbi comes with his student, and he says, he says, good afternoon, good afternoon. The master of the house is now not out chopping wood. He has, uh, he has workers, he has this, he has that. The rabbi says, you know, can, can we come in? He says, yes. And he asks the man, he says, uh, can you tell me your story? And then I'll tell you mine. And the man says, I'll tell you, I used to be, uh, what's it called? I used to be uh, a very, have a very hard time uh, with uh, with all these different you know, you know things with work. He says I gathered some scraps together, uh, you know, after my wood chopper days. I bought like one barrel of wine, and I figured maybe I'll sell the wine to somebody, and then maybe you know at a little profit, then I'll buy some more wine. I couldn't anymore. I my body was broken, my spirit was broken, you know. He says, anyway, and that day, the day that I bought this little barrel of wine, that the one barrel that I had to sell, um, the local poets, the local uh, non-Jewish you know, authority came to my house and asked me for wine. All I had was this little bit of wine to sell, and if I gave him the wine, if I gave him a drink of wine, if I, you know, then I wouldn't have any for myself. So he says, so I poured in one cup of wine, and I mixed it with half a cup of water. Just, you know, so that I would save some, so that I'd have some to sell. I served it to the parrots. The parrots said he'd never had such wine in his life. It was the most delicious wine. He told everybody in the town, and pretty soon, there was a long line of people waiting outside, asking me for wine. He says, that bottle of wine, I bought many more. I stretched the bottle with water, but somehow, I was blessed from Hashem, that no matter what I served, the word on the street was that I had the best wine in town. And these guys, they lived to drink. You don't know, he says, in a matter of a uh, short amount of time, I became one of the wealthiest people in town. I rebuilt my shack. I built myself a thing. I took care of my wife like a queen. And this is where I am today. And the Baal Shem Tov smiles. And he says, and now let me tell you my story. He says, I knew, Beruach HaKodesh, I understood that you were supposed to be a wealthy man a long time ago. But there was never a point in your life when you prayed to God from the depth of your heart. Because there was always just enough for you to kind of feel safe enough, relaxed enough, to be able to just kind of go from miserable existence on day one to miserable existence on day two to miserable existence on day three. If I hadn't come and taken the little bit of food and the little mattress that you had on that one day, you might never have prayed in your life. You might never have received the blessing that was sitting there waiting for a prayer from the depths of your heart to come down to this earth. He says, that's my part of the story. My friends, I look at this story and I see the fact that the Torah tells us that the... Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. 
storiestoinspire.org.